Welcome inside the newsroom. My name is Kelsey Bradshaw, and I'm the news editor at the University Star. Today I'm here with Carly Porterfield, assistant news editor at the University Star. Renato Leanos, Jr., news director at KTSW. And Sarah Duran, news reporter, KTSW 89.9. All right, we're going to start off with headlines. As per usual this week, um, we had some kind of controversial topics come up. The NAACP student chapter at Texas State are encouraging students to sign a petition requesting that the university add an African-American studies program to the curriculum. And the NAACP, for those who don't know, is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And so our local chapter here at Texas State has been encouraging students to sign this petition. And this was kind of surprising to me because I was just like, I figured we already had one. Like, Mm -hmm. that's something I feel like. You know, I don't know. I just feel like that should have already existed because I know I'm Jewish. I looked for a Jewish studies program, and that didn't exist either. But I feel like there's a lot less Jewish people on campus compared to black people on campus. What is it, like 8% of our student right. population? Uh-huh. And that surprised me, too, because we do have um, programs for students to study Hispanic studies. So I think that's one thing that was kind of shocking, like, like you said, when you first um, kind of hear about that. And one thing that I think that the members of the NAACP thought is that other schools have them. For example, the University of Texas at Austin has an entire department for African-American studies, but they only have 5% of their student population is black, which is strange. And then if you compare us, if you compare Texas State to UTSA in terms of black population, it's more similar, and even they have a program. So there's really, like according to the NAACP, there's really no reason that we wouldn't have one. Yeah, and like, I don't know, it's just kind of interesting. They need like 1,500 signatures to kind of get the ground moving on the petition. Right now there's 256. And I don't know, I just feel like it would make sense to have this Mm -hmm. because I know whenever it comes time for like Black History Month, you have a bunch of white people being like, how come there's not White History Month? (laughs) And it's because all, a lot of the Black History gets left out of our textbooks. And so it would only make sense for Black History Month to exist, for a studies program to exist. Um, Right now, we don't really know the specifics of what the program will be about. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of, they're just trying to see how far they can go with it. Um, So we don't really know any specifics at this time. The NAACP chapter said that that it would kind of overlap with curriculum from English, music, political science, psychology, sociology, and theater art. So it's just kind of all over the place. But I think that kind of goes along with African-American studies because, I mean, African-Americans have been in every aspect of life here. So it would only make sense that a program to study that history would overlap with every major because like texas state is a diverse campus like we're very diverse Mm -hmm. here and like we want to promote that diversity and i know if there was if i had an option to take some sort of african-american studies class i would i would jump at the chance like that sounds awesome i think it's the perfect opportunity to take up on and i hope that it does you know work and Mm -hmm. go forward it'll be interesting to see how it develops and will this be like an ongoing thing or do they have like maybe a set deadline or anything like that or as far as we know there's not a set deadline um the idea kind of started back in december Mm -hmm. right now they're just trying to get those signatures up i have seen um our NAACP chapter here kind of out in the quad at LBJ like hey like come sign this petition hear more about it things like that so I think they're just kind of I don't know and is it like a given that if they do meet the required signatures that there will be a program or is just kind of like giving it more weight there's never I don't think there's ever really a given that Mm -hmm. um, there's ever going to be a right with petitions that there'll be like there there will automatically be a program Mm but um, our reporter did go talk to she talked to Debbie Thorne, yes. who's the Associate Vice President for Academic Affairs, um, and she was the one who was saying that it would you know, take yeah. 
all sorts of um, curriculum. It would allow right. development to draw from faculty interests. Mm-hmm. The okay. university is always looking for new programs that are of interest to mm-hmm. students and the community. So mm-hmm. that's I think the other thing too is like we pay tuition. So right. if yeah. one of us wants to pay for this class, like why not? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's even like better um, to have like bringing or bringing up the idea right now, especially with the common experience theme. You know, mm-hmm. right now it's like just celebrating integration for the past like 50 years and stuff. So I mean, it's a great like addition to to that. You know, to having to be having that conversation right now more than ever. Mm-hmm. And then I know another conversation this week was about the El Centro community. Yeah, and I guess I'll start off by just saying a little bit about El Centro. <clears throat> um, El Centro is just like what's seen like by the Hispanic community here in Santa Marcos by some as kind of just like the beacon for a, a resource or a place to go, you know, to um, preserve Hispanic culture and like, you know, um, give back to the community as well. I know when I, when I first transferred here to Texas State, I don't know who introduced me to, to El Centro, but I was a tutor. I was, I was tutoring elementary kids. I didn't know that. <laughs> so I was tutoring elementary kids at El Centro. Cool. And right now, the quote-unquote like controversy is right now is that the school the school board members, or some of them, want to find new offices. And one of the lands that they want to like potentially, um, I guess, per- not purchase, because they own, they own El Centro and some of the block on there, um, is El Centro. So there's just kind of controversies whether or not they want to keep it or just find a different like location or whatnot. So that's kind of like the, co- the conversation that's happening right now. And our, rep- our assistant news director, Matthew Hamill, was able to speak to Ophelia Vasquez, you know, the founder of El Centro, um, Ruben Becerra, he's the board president and the school board superintendent, but the school board superintendent didn't really want to go on record with the controversy right now. So I was just, I was really hoping for something to, you know, to get it, I mean, from, from him himself, but unfortunately he yeah. didn't want to go on record to speak about this just because no official decisions have been made yet. So we'll see how this unfolds. It should be interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. When did they start talking about it? Do you know? Um, it's been fairly recent. I mean, the whole like con- like deciding whether or not um, to purchase the land or whatnot. I know they had a meeting, I think it was like last week, mm-hmm. and a lot of supporters for El Centro came out and they filled up they filled up the school board place, you know, at the school board meeting, yeah. and they were just like having a public forum and there were people talking about how they wanted to save it and they talked about like the benefits of it or whatnot. So, yeah, yeah. see how that goes. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. And then on a kind of different lighter note and all this stuff we've been talking about, um, we wrote a story about a cave this week, um, which was really fun to kind of watch the story unfold because Ezel's Cave, Ezel's Cave in San Marcos reopened. Um, The Texas Cave Management Association, which is apparently a thing I did not know about, (laughs) um, they completed a project to encourage bat repopulation in the cave Mm -hmm. because there's like a ton of bats that live down there. But not just any kind of bat. (laughs) (laughs) They had to build a special kind of gate to allow the repopulation of a bat called a cave myotis, which um, for some reason can't enter gates like other bats can. Maybe they're just a different breed. And so they had to construct a gate that would let cave myotises in with ease, but also not allow people to enter the cave because actually what the way that the reason the cave is so important is because it leads down to the Edwards Aquifer. And so there's a lot of equipment down in the cave to monitor water levels and chemistry to help predict aquifer trends, which is obviously very important because mm-hmm. we are in a drought, always. <laughs> always, always in a drought. And like <laughs> with, with this cave, um, there's, there's just a lot of things going on. The gate also um, allows protection from people falling into the cave because the way it was explained to me and in our video that our um, Cameron Cutshaw, our Cameron Cutshaw, the managing <laughs> editor Cameron Cutshaw made, um, the cave is like a hole in the ground, but then like once you go down, like you, 
you'd have to rappel down for mm-hmm. us to get any sort of kind of cool footage. And they were like, I don't know if that's allowed. Like, I don't <laughs> think we're going to have you guys rappel down there to get a photo for the paper. Um, but yeah, it prevents people from tampering with and monitoring that, inqui- that uh, equipment Carly was talking about inside mm-hmm. of the cave. And so, I don't know, it's kind of got a cool backstory too. Um, the original owner, Truman Saltonstall, he covered the cave's mouth. With a steel mouth. plate. Yeah, with a steel plate <laughs> because of trespassing. Yeah. And so, I don't know, it just, it got a new gate, it's a cave. Yeah, and obviously yeah. like the cave myotis couldn't get through a steel plate, so mm-hmm. they were kind of out of luck, but now they're all good, so. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's too late to join that organization. Right? Yeah. Like, four, like four weeks until graduation, <laughs> yeah. I might want to like look it up really quick. Look it up, do, do some cave. Look it on your resume. I don't know, it's just right. like, I don't know, it's just a funny story, and like I have all of the news reporters send in story ideas mm-hmm. to me, to, you know, we're a newspaper, I need to fill it up with stories. And um, like every single one of them was like, we have to do this story about this cave. And I was like, okay, guys, like sounds good to me. So I don't know. It was kind of, it was a fun story. So yeah. That's funny. Well, speaking, going back from lighter stories to a little bit heavier, <laughs> just going back and forth this week. But me and Ray actually attended a meeting yesterday at the Greater Bethel Baptist Church as they hosted their part two series of A Look at Race, Law Enforcement and Equality in San Marcos. And the purpose of this panel was just kind of a continuation of a meeting that happened last October. And it's basically just a safe haven for the community, Texas State students and law enforcement to discuss policy issues and police protocols and stuff like that. People, stuff that people don't usually know about police. And so a lot of things that have been going on with the in the national media, things are kind of concerning right now, you know, especially with, you know, police attacks on people and and race being a big um, topic of those stories. I know that there's a lot of people on ed- people on edge in San Marcos. And so I think it was really helpful to just have a chance to sit down with SMPD and the community in general and just talk about it openly. And um, I think it also helped ease a lot of people at mine too there. And um, I just heard really great discussions. And one of the things that really stood out to me was perception. And I never really realized that so many people felt so much negative connotations towards police officers despite what we have heard I was just kind of taken back by it just because people were like yeah you know like every time I get stopped by a cop like I just immediately tense up and I mean I guess that's a natural feeling because I do too but they were like I don't know if they're going to treat me different because of my skin color and so it was just really a really moving it was a two-hour meeting too so it was just a lot of back and forth and they also showed videos of um, different crime scenes and where a police did shoot somebody and they had it from different camera angles and it was really neat to see because they would stop it every so often just to kind of gain perspective from the audience thinking well whose fault was it why did they shoot the the criminal or the thief that was on the loose and um, it was interesting to see what people thought before they got to the final end of the video so um, but it helped kind of give us perspective to see where cops are coming from and they're like offering like different suggestions like why didn't the cop shoot him here why didn't he just stop him and all this stuff and the cops are basically like you got a few seconds to think about whether or not you're going to shoot this person or whether or not you're going to take him down you never know what someone can be holding in their hands whether it's a gun or a knife or nothing in general but you just we just never know so it kind of you know let people know that you know cops you know even though they're cops they're humans too and they have to make those quick decisions because at the end of the day people just want to go home and they want to go home to their families. And so um, one girl that really just stood out to me in the audience, um, she was a student here at Texas State, and um, she was just saying that how she came from a community, I think north of, north of here, and it's a predominantly white community. 
And so, um, and people were just saying, a lot of it was based off minority, like the conversation, and people were just like, well, you know, my skin color, my skin color, blacks and browns. And so as someone who was, you know, lighter skin in the crowd, she was just like, it's not fair because we also get that same kind of, you know, backlash just because I'm a lighter skin color doesn't mean that I don't get judged or anything like that. So um, I think it was just moving to see, and she got emotional at one point while she was talking, and I was just like, oh, my <laughs> God. I was like, that's crazy. And I would have never guessed, you yeah. know, seeing someone, you know, Because something like so this, emotional. too, is like, this is going to be an ongoing national conversation mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. with police brutality and race relations in America and how it all kind of combines mm-hmm. together. And I felt like Oprah yesterday a little bit. <laughs> I felt like Oprah in the sense that I kind of had an aha moment or I, had, I hadn't really thought about this, you know? I mean, I obviously, I know I'm Hispanic, <laughs> you know? I, you do know that. I do know that. <laughs> I know I'm brown, you know? Um, but the conversation wasn't only like for African-American community, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? They kept bringing up like the perception of police towards African-American community and like Hispanics, you know? They kept saying like for like, people who are like brown or black you know like that kind of mm-hmm. like that kind of issue and I had never really I never really thought about You've it never I mean, included mm-hmm. yourself in that yeah. not really just because yeah. especially where I'm from I'm from the Rio Grande Valley I mean it's predominantly Hispanic I went to an all Hispanic high school so I've never really had growing up at least I never really thought about race too much just because we're all kind of the same you know so it was just really really interesting to put that into perspective and just hear these people's stories you know people from like just all over the nation were just like talking and just openly about experiences positive mm-hmm. and negative and mm-hmm. I, I mean it, I was glad as as a reporter and just like as a citizen of San Marcos you know that nothing got like out of hand nobody like okay. yelled at yeah. each other or anything like that it was honestly just a heart-to-heart like conversation that went on yesterday yeah and then as that they talked about the media a lot and it was just that even though that there's a lot of national controversy stuff going on at the same time we're so grateful to live in such a small community where we can talk to our police in these kind of situations and know that nothing that's happening in other states is happening here in San Marcos. So basically the goal of these talent hall meetings is to propose permanent solutions hopefully even though the conversation will still keep going for quite some time. And also I was just really moved by this whole meeting that our actual quote of the week comes from the uh, meeting yesterday and Chief Staff was one of their panelists for the meeting and he said, we have to be willing to behave the way you all want us to behave when it comes to treating people, that's police. But at the same time, the people that we police, our citizens, if you will, have to be willing to be open-minded enough to say, give them a chance, maybe they're trying to do it right. So it's just kind of like saying that, you know, just because um, people are being treated differently in different areas doesn't mean that it's equal tr- there shouldn't be equal treatment for cops as well I mean, we're all humans we need to be treated equally so I thought it was just a really really great quote and then our quote of the week comes from former first lady Laura Bush she was actually in New Braunfels this past weekend and she was talking about her um, taking care of Texas initiative and how it's partnering with local leaders to align resources and expertise in the effort to conserve the natural resources in Texas And we just have a little cute quote from her. And she said, George and I learned that all we know we have is now. Take advantage of life as it is and take a walk on the beach every chance you get. And I just liked this quote because, like, I don't know. She called, I mean, like, President George Bush is her husband. Like, yes, it's (laughs) so chill that she, like, calls him George. But she's just like, George and I. And I was like, ah, this is adorable. (laughs) Um, So that's our quote of the week. And coming up next week, the star will be working on a story about how Hayes County was ranked number five of the healthiest counties in the country. So... (laughs) That should be interesting. I did not I did not know that. I was born and raised here and I don't buy it at all. Like I don't believe it for a single <laughs> second. So I'm interested to see what they're basing it on. Yeah. 
And then we'll also be doing an update on Jones Dining Hall um, because I drove by the other day and you can see through the window that the entire inside mm-hmm. has been gutted. Ooh. And so we're just going to be doing a little update because, you know, they're going to have a new dining hall come 2016. Yeah, and um, KTW is going to be looking into, I mean, the annual boxer night so we'll be, be covering looking that. into it <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be covering the actual um boxer night and stuff so i know that's always interesting <laughs> to have those kind of events um and then also apparently a hundred thousand like mexican students are going to be coming to texas state for like an intensive like summer language program and apparently yeah. it's been happening for i don't yeah, know, I know it's been happening <laughs> or something like, i didn't know so. it was, like had happened before <laughs> yeah. so that's going to be interesting um we have a reporter cynthia looking into that so we'll have that for next week Cool. As always, thanks for joining us this week on Inside the Newsroom. Be sure to look for us every Friday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and both of the um, both of our websites. Leave any questions or comments on the Stars website or KTSW's website, or you can tweet at us using the hashtag NewsroomTXST. Don't forget to pick up the University Star and listen to KTSW every week.